Over 200 experts have shared their secrets to a successful business. Join me, Rose Davidson, as I discover how these experts took their businesses to the next level. Talking with the experts. Welcome to Talking with the Experts. Talking about all things business by business owners for business owners. Welcome to episode 244 with Mark Hirschberg. Thing most people have to learn and leadership can be learned just like other skills, just like you can learn golf or accounting, you can learn to be a leader. Some people are natural born golfers and some people natural born leaders, but the rest of us can learn it. You know, one analogy I use in the book is I always think of the org chart upside down. We normally think of it with the CEO at the top and then the executives underneath and everyone else, oh, these people at the bottom who do the work. I like to reverse it because imagine if we got rid of all the workers and all we had our executives, what would our company do? Well, we'd have a lot of meetings and paperwork, but that's it. We wouldn't actually produce anything. I'm a CTO, chief technology officer. I don't really write code these days. If you get rid of all the software engineers, we're not producing code. I could go in, I'm pretty slow at coding now. On the other hand, if you got rid of all of the management, all of the leaders, and you just had the people who do, it might be chaotic, it might not be well organized, but they actually do, they actually produce. Talking with the experts. Hello and welcome to Talking with the Experts. Talking with the Experts is about all things business by business owners for business owners. I'm your host, Rose Davidson from rosedavidson.com and happy to have you here with me today. My guest is Mark Hirschberg and Mark is um, an author of the career toolkit, Essential Skills for Success that No One Taught You, and we'll be discussing his book a little bit later on in, um, in today. So for tracking criminals, uh, sorry, from tracking criminals and terrorists on the dark web to creating marketplaces and new authentication systems, my tongue was not working, Mark has spent his career launching and developing new ventures and startups and Fortune 500s, and he's also an academia. He helped to start the Undergraduate Practice Opportunities Program, dubbed um, MIT's Career Success Accelerator, where he teaches um, on an annual basis. And at MIT, he received a, a Bachelor of Science, I guess, in Physics and a Bachelor of Science in Electrical Engineering and Computer Science and a Master of Engineering in Electrical Engineering and Computer Science. Oh, my goodness, he's such a learned person. I don't know. <laughs> Focusing on cryptology. My, I like cryptography. Wow. At Harvard Business School, Mark helped create a platform used to teach finance at prominent business schools, and he also works with many nonprofits, including Techie Youth and Plantomillion Corals. And what I love coral, I think it's beautiful and needs to be protected most certainly. Welcome, Mark, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited to share some tips with your audience. Lovely. So we're going to be learning, uh, and we discussed this a little earlier on, uh, about um, careers the career toolkit, uh, which is based on your book, obviously, but what is someone starting out in a startup business, what would be some of the things that they should have included in their toolkit? 
there are a number of skills that are universal to our success when creating a business or when working at a business. This includes leadership, communication, team building, negotiating, networking. These are skills we've all heard of, but if you think about our education, at no point did anyone sit us down and say, here's how to actually do it effectively. It's kind of like giving your 12-year-old kid keys to the car and saying, hey, you've seen me drive before, so here, get in the car, go for it. There's a reason we train people to drive cars, and we need to train people in these skills as well. I absolutely agree with that. Um, I know I uh, started off my business. I mean, I had some uh, business skills because I'd owned a retail food outlet before, but um being on your own and owning a different type of business is the skills that you need and that you're not equipped to to handle. And it's take, took me a long time to to learn how to network because in the old days it was like, you know, face to face stuff. And then all of a sudden we were hit with this uh, pandemic, and you know, it was all internet based. And it's a, a different type of networking, isn't it? The mechanics are different. But the essence of networking, and this is what people get wrong, the essence of networking is still about building relationships. So when the pandemic hit, so many people said, well, how can I network? Because I can't shake your hand or get your business card. But if getting a business card is networking, that's like saying when I use those dating apps, I swipe right on someone on Tinder. Well, now I have a girlfriend, right? Oh, she swiped right. She's my girlfriend, right? Oh, I got someone's business card. He's in my network. It's not as simple as that. Now, when I match with someone on a dating app, that says, well, now I have to build the relationship. Now I have to go date. When I get your business card or I add you on LinkedIn, now I have to build that relationship. And the relationship building can be done online. Yes, it's better to do it in person. The one of the silver linings of the pandemic for all the bad things it's brought us, it used to be, well, I'd meet you for coffee. And that's great if you lived in New York where I live and we can meet for coffee, but you and I have slight body of water between us. And if I had said 2017, hey, let's meet for a virtual coffee, you have said, what are you talking about? <laughs> but now of course it's more normal. So we can build relationships non-locally because we're much more accustomed to doing it online. But whether you're meeting in person or online, it is about relationship building. Absolutely. It's relationships first, isn't it? It's that know, like, and trust factor that uh, a lot of uh, business owners skip. They get, get straight into uh, the advertising. Someone, you know, puts their hand up and say, yeah, I'm really interested. And then all of a sudden they're dating or they're married. It's There's no foreplay in between. And um, that's what a lot of people are missing on, I think. it's uh, And I hate it. You know, you, you meet uh, people online, you know, you friend them on Facebook or they invite you to be their friend. And next thing you're getting a, a private message, oh, do you want to join my group or do you want to buy this thing from me or, you know, have you got money to invest? Or And I just so hate that. And it's such common practice. I think people need to be taught etiquette. Exactly right. In fact, I do address that very issue in the book. Imagine if you're at some social event Maybe you're at the pub, maybe you're at some religious event, you meet someone and you go, oh, hey, how are you doing? And you get to know each other and think, oh, this is a nice person. Say, hey, it's been great chatting with you for these 30 minutes. So listen, I'm moving out of my flat this weekend. Why don't you come on by, help me pack up and move, right? We would never ask that question to someone we just met. We might ask it to a friend from high school, someone we've known for years, but you never ask that to someone you just met. The ask is much bigger than the value of the relationship at that time. 
But the examples you gave, which we do in business is, hi, we just met. Now go buy my product. Oh, now get me a job at your company. Now do this for me, stranger who I just met. And so we have to shift that mentality to, let me just build a relationship for, with you. And down the road, maybe I can ask you for help moving, help getting a job. But that's once we have the relationship established. And so you're exactly right. We need to build that etiquette back. Yeah. And, and uh, I guess, I don't know, even um, it seems to be the ones that are over 30 that are the most guilty of that sort of behavior. I haven't found too many people under 30 that are practicing that. And maybe they've learned etiquette skills through <laughs> through using whatever apps that they, they tend to use most often. I don't know. But, yeah, it's just... Um, it's just weird and it feels icky and you know I wouldn't do it to anybody and I don't expect anyone to do it to me so anyway so I guess what are what are the other skills other than negotiation skills I know you need leadership skills and I've we've often talked about that on the program is the difference between a manager and a leader uh there are two they are two different things although they can go together so what's your take on the difference and the similarities of the two? Very well said. They are, in fact, different. And to understand it, consider a CEO of a very large company. She might be involved with really the big picture, the strategy, the inspiration. She's not really spending a lot of time in details. Whereas a first-level manager, he might be very busy in the day-to-day tasks. And, oh, is, is Bob done with this project so we can move him on to the next piece? And, oh, is Carol communicating with Jen about what's going on? Really in the details, not setting that big picture. So we can think of them separately. And in fact, my best quote, the best quote I've heard, not mine, but the best quote I've heard about the difference between them, nobody has ever managed men into battle. If you think about that quote, I think that really kind of sums up the essence between them. But to your point, they often go together. Now, in my book, I do separate them to different chapters to look at them individually. But as I say at the end, good managers lead, good leaders manage, and very often in practice, we are doing them together. So you do want to develop both of those skills, even if you might use more of one or the other. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, there are people who micromanage and are terrible leaders you know and leaders usually leave from lead from behind I that's what my philosophy is that if you're going to be a leader you don't stand out the front and direct the traffic yeah you're leading from behind and you you know giving everybody in the team a push along to uh, you know say this you've done a good job today or but you know if you find a lot of business owners forget the niceties I guess of being a leader or maybe they've never been you, taught those skills because, you know, some it's, it's something that you learn. It's, I don't know that there are many born leaders. It is something most people have to learn. And leadership can be learned just like other skills, just like you can learn golf or accounting. You can learn to be a leader. Some people are natural born golfers and some people natural born leaders, but the rest of us can learn it. You know, one analogy I use in the book is I always think of the org chart upside down. We normally think of it with the CEO at the top and then the executives underneath and everyone else, oh, these people at the bottom who do the work. I like to reverse it because imagine if we got rid of all the workers and all we had our executives, what would our company do? Well, we'd have a lot of meetings and paperwork, but that's it. We wouldn't actually produce anything. 
I'm a CTO, Chief Technology Officer. I don't really write code these days. If you get rid of all the software engineers, we're not producing code. I could go in, I'm pretty slow at coding now. On the other hand, if you got rid of all of the management, all of the leaders, and you just had the people who do, it might be chaotic, it might not be well organized, but they actually do, they actually produce. And so those of us who we think of ourselves at the top, but really we're at the bottom, we support the people doing the actual work. We are there to support them because they are the ones who actually create value we give to our customers. Oh, absolutely. Yes, I think businesses should be managed from the bottom. I mean, I'm not saying that the, the you know the people at the coalface are the bottom, but they are the people that are in the know. You know, if a machine breaks down, they know why, they know how, and management wouldn't have a clue most often. And because they don't go down to the the, the factory floor, or the you know where the receptionist sits or or whatever to find out what is actually going on and how they can improve their processes, even if someone from the the bottom of the rung says, you know, this doesn't work. And management says, well, why doesn't it? And, you know, they don't really look at it. I've worked as a temp in so many organisations that uh, were, were very top heavy uh, and expected, you know, us underneath to be doing all the work, but never knew what we actually did or why we did it. And if it was a really long convoluted process, then, uh, you know, and I went in there and tried to cut it down. Well, I wasn't a temp for long because I was trying to change a culture and you know, so <laughs> yeah, they don't take out they they don't take uh, upwards management very well. And I don't think that makes them a very good leader. No, unfortunately, that situation it doesn't. Good leaders know how to listen and recognize ideas don't just have to come from the top. I know the best ideas often don't come from me. And by being an active listener, I can bring together the best of our team, not just the best ideas I came up with. Yeah. So what, I guess, leading into your book, what gave you the inspiration to write it? And, and you know, can we just go through maybe some of the chapters of what's involved in the book? Having taught this for 20 years at MIT, I know the value of these lessons. And these aren't things that I just dreamt up one night or MIT dreamt up. It came from surveys done at MIT and other universities of corporations who said, these are the skills we want to see not just in recent college grads, but in everyone, and we can't find them. So the book is broken into 10 chapters, the 10 skills that we want to see in employees and in people starting companies, three sections. First section, careers, how to create and execute a career plan. Second section, how to work effectively, things like managing your manager, understanding corporate culture. Third section is on interviewing, and specifically I focus on interviewers, We've all seen content, oh, how do I answer this question? You know, what's your weakness? We, lots of content, how to be a candidate. But most of us, we're never taught how to interview someone else. But as business owners or as people at a company, we hire so many others. And that's so important. Again, we just hand the keys to the 14-year-old and said, yeah, you've seen this, go for it. Second section is on leadership and management. As I mentioned, I broke it down. So leadership, then the people side of management and the process side of management. They are separate skills, equally important. Third section is on interpersonal dynamics, communication, negotiation, networking, and ethics. Oh, absolutely. All the things that good business owners should know and practice and 
Mm, learn. <laughs> so yeah, we've we've already gone over managers and leaders and good ones and bad ones, and we won't bag them out anymore. <laughs> so where can people find your book, Mark? You can go to my website, thecareertoolkitbook.com, and there you can see where to buy it online, all the usual sites. You can follow me on social media or get in touch with me. You can follow the blog. You can download the free app from the Android and iPhone stores. It's linked from the website. And that has all the great tips in the book. They'll just pop up on your phone once a day to help you retain what you read. You set the time when you want it to come up. And there's also a resources page with a bunch of free downloads, how you can develop these skills, not just in yourself, but across your entire organization, as well as links to other free online resources. All of this at thecareertoolkitbook.com. Wow, that is amazing. And so many resources for people to download. It's great. There's a, I, I have found too that um, a lot of uh, people who have a book aren't offering a lot of free resources to their readers to entice them to be better people. So Everything I have but the book, which has printing costs, everything else is free. I want you to take this and use it to get better and help your organizations get better. Well, I'm going to pop over there and I'm going to have a bit of a look. Fantastic. So, Mark, um, what, uh, what, what words of wisdom would you have for our viewers and listeners today that could help them to be better managers or better leaders and uh, maybe have better negotiation skills? It's important to recognize that learning these skills, it's like learning a sport. We would never say to someone, I'm going to send you to one day of cricket training and then great, you have the training, done for the year, go play cricket. What do we do? We say, you have to practice regularly, you have to scrimmage, you have to train. But what do we do with our leaders? Oh, I'm going to send you to a one-day leadership seminar, one day of training. Right? You had the training. Aren't you done now? What more do you need to know? So what we want to do is to create a regular practice of learning. The first download on the resources page actually teaches you how to do this. Create peer learning groups. And what you can do is create groups with other people, get some content. You can use my book. You can use other books. You can use online resources. This podcast is a great place to start. Listen to an episode and then discuss it as a group because it's in that discussion. That's where you really start to understand these skills. There's no simple formula to leadership, no three steps to memorize. It's that discussion. It's that subtlety. So by getting that shared content from a book or a podcast like this, and having a regular discussion once a month, twice a month, that's what's going to help you continue to train and develop. And you can do this at no cost. You can do this with your whole organization, no cost, but you're going to engage and upskill your employees it is a great way to develop yourself and everyone around you. Well, I wish I'd known you 30 years ago. I'd be a lot further along in my career path. <laughs> Well, you can still start today because the sooner you start, the faster you go on what you have in your career going forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mark, have you got anything else that you'd like to share with us today? I'd like to leave people with an analogy. We're going to do a little bit of math. Let's consider this is an old middle school, geom uh, middle school math problem. I want you to consider for a moment a rectangle, four by ten. And just like the teachers gave us years ago, you need to increase one of the sides by two units to maximize the area. So do you increase the long side or the short side? You can pause this if you need a moment to think. 
Now, of course, you've thought about it. You said, okay, I remember how to do this. We increase the short side. We go from four to six. That gives us 60 instead of 48. Okay, so what does this have to do with anything we've been talking about? Well, all of us have long sides and short sides. Our long side is usually in our discipline. My long side, technology, I'm a CTO. For other people, it might be selling, marketing, finance. We all have those long sides and we have to continue to develop those long sides. If I don't pay attention to new technologies, I get very stale. But if I only work on that long side, what happens? I get really long and narrow. My area is pretty small. And we can think about people we know who might be a genius. They might be really knowledgeable in some area, but they might be a terrible communicator, a terrible leader. We don't wanna work with those people. They might be really smart, but they're not great to work with. If those people take that short side and get a little better at communicating, for example, we're not talking about getting up on that TED stage and doing a world-class speech. We're talking about going from horrible to passable or passable to, oh, that was kind of nice. Getting a little bit better maximizes the overall area of that rectangle. So continue to develop your long side, your domain, but focus on your short side as well, because putting in 10, 20 hours a year or more if you can on that short side gives you a much better ROI. It's gonna help you improve your overall area and help you be more successful in life. Wow, very wise words. Thank you very much. They were like put um, in a way that's not been explained before. And I really like that analogy. It's really great. Well, Thank you Max, very much. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for joining me and, uh, and discussing with me the skills that we need in our toolbox to be a better business owner. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for joining me on Talking with the Experts. Make sure you subscribe through your favourite podcast app or on YouTube and check out my Patreon page for more value for you or you can buy me a coffee. My name's Rose Davidson from rosedavidson.com. I look forward to your company next time when I'm talking with the experts.